0: Hello, hello, welcome to How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. I am Donna Reese, your host and your teacher. And I'm so excited to be with you today to do the second part of uh, how I teach the original short story um, with Dumbo uh, the elephant. And uh, it is the second half of episode 11, which was last week's episode. And we are going to continue on learning the elements of story writing and how I teach them. So let's get some housekeeping things out of the way first. Reminder that you have a couple of ways to watch this. So here we have the, if you're watching it on video, you are seeing in front of you the PowerPoint presentation. And the PowerPoint presentation has everything that your teacher's notebook has in it, but just in half pages, right? See half page, the second half of the page, right? You also have the option of following along and listening to it uh, and following along in your, um, with your teacher's notebook in front of you and following along on a podcast format. So on an audio format, uh, your favorite podcast provider. And with that, then you get your teacher's notebook and you can see you can have your teacher's notebook beside you and be going through the teacher's notebook as I teach. And you will have all of the pages. Now, if you want to watch the video, which I highly recommend you doing, because I think it's really a lot clearer to be able to watch um, the PowerPoint presentation and follow along that way. But your teacher's notebook is identical to your the PowerPoint presentation. So the only difference is that the teacher's notebook is full eight and a half by 11 portrait sheets. And of course, PowerPoint is landscape. So that's why we have half sheets here. Uh, either way, you will end up with an amazing teacher's notebook with all of the lessons, all of the assignments, all of the samples, all the teaching material that you see here on the PowerPoint presentation when you hop on over and get your teacher's notebook. So I highly recommend that you do that. Um, Also uh, at the end of the PowerPoint presentation and at the end of your teacher's notebook, you'll find some ways to get in touch with us and ways to get more help. So how you can get your weekly sheet, Blog.com forward slash how I teach and how you can get the entire teacher's notebook with all of the kit How I Teach episode teacher's notebook sheets there, as well as some freebies and some more things that I'll be talking about at the very end. So I am just going to hop in and assume that you heard last week's episode. So we started an exciting episode about an original animated elephant story. This came out of our Right for a Month Dumbo 3. So Dumbo 3 is sixth, um, seventh and eighth grade. This would definitely be appropriate for sixth through even up to tenth uh, depending on how much experience your students have had with story writing and so last week i opened it with the overview box and i told you of course that we want to give students expectations and we want to give them tools right so we wanted to give them every chance for success so the overview box that i have on the screen right now that you also have in your teacher's notebook it says projects three and four, original animated elephant story, the very short story goals, obstacles, and description. It gives all the expectations for the whole project. Now, I mentioned before that sometimes parents, students and parents will freak out when they see all of this. And I always remind the students that look there at the top, it says projects three and four. That means this is probably going to last us two weeks. Right. So everything you see on this overview box is what we'll be doing over a two week period. So you don't have to worry about having it all done right away We're we're going to learn it all incrementally. We're going to learn everything about story writing, goals, obstacles, description, everything that you need right down to the final editing and the final project, final product. And so you don't have to worry and fret about the overview box. So this just gives them an idea of everything we will be doing. It's also extremely handy uh, because we go through and highlight everything. So they'll they'll circle or highlight, I'm doing five paragraphs, I'm basic, I'm doing six, I'm doing 48 to 60 sentences total because I am having dialogue in my story. So I'm gonna count sentences. I talked about that last week in dialogue writing, how we count sentences instead of paragraphs when it comes to dialogue writing because otherwise you could have a paragraph that just says, the elephant answered, okay, right, and so I don't want a paragraph, I don't want a student to count the elephant answered, comma, quote, okay, period, quote, as one paragraph in their six or eight paragraph project, so I encourage them, and we work on story writing, when it has dialogue in it, we count sentences, all right, so you can hear learn more about that last week, in last week's episode, but um, again, clarity, right? Because if you tell a student that he or she's writing six paragraphs and you tell them that every time a speaker speaks, a new speaker speaks, the paragraph changes, you will have some students who turn in the elephant answer, come and quote, okay, period, quote, as a paragraph, right? Because it is a paragraph because you change paragraphs every time your speaker changes. And so again, maximum opportunity for success. So, we count sentences when we have dialogue in a story. All right. So, last week we introduced uh, the story, Edgar the Elephant. And the first paragraph, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) the first paragraph has the setting. (coughs) We're going to talk about that today. Excuse me. So the first paragraph has a setting, and then it has something happening in the second paragraph, and I read those two last week. I'm going to go down to the third one, and I am on the original animated elephant sample story by my writing assistant. Skidding to a halt, he drew himself up to his full height. Then he spread out his ears and glared at the newcomer. The new, smaller elephant calmly gazed back at him, munching leaves. After several minutes, Edgar gruffly demanded to know the intruder's name and business. The trespasser, seeming confused, replied that he believed his name was Fred, but was not sure. As to his business, he did not know how or why he was in the enclosure. He explained that he had just woken up there and started eating. All right, so this is not a long story. There are only three more paragraphs, I believe. So, and they are only writing this length of a story. So they're gonna have some dialogue, but not much because they know that dialogue takes up space. Dialogue takes up reading room. Dialogue takes up the reader's thoughts. Dialogue um, is for longer stories. And that is why we teach the dialogue story in its entirety in episode 12, where where it is complete 100% dialogue. That was a fun project. All right, well, don't eat my leaves, Edgar grumped. Then with a harumph, he stormed back to the tree at the pool's edge. Though he did not trust the newcomer, he wished to remain in the wonderfully cool water. There, he continued his usual routine of eating and spraying water on himself periodically. Then out of the corner of his eyes, he spotted Fred. To his horror, Fred was spraying trunk full after trunk full of water around the enclosure. If he kept up at this rate, he would waste all of his precious water. Frustrated, Edgar splashed over to Fred and began sternly lecturing him. When Edgar's speech was over, Fred was quiet and then asked a question. He mentioned that he thought the water replenished itself each day. Edgar sternly told him that that was ridiculous, and Fred obediently stopped spraying water. Bitterly, Edgar refused to stand in the half empty pool for the rest of the day. He was so consumed with himself that he didn't notice Fred staring at the leaves confusedly. Fred tried to remember what had happened with the leaves earlier in the day. He couldn't, so he decided to go ahead and eat again. The next day, Edgar broke his routine and did not lumber to the pool. Immediately, did not lumber to the pool immediately. Instead, concerned about whether Fred had eaten more leaves, he checked the trees. Angry but not surprised to see some missing, he stomped over to the pool where Fred was. He was about to scold the newcomer when he noticed the water level. The pool was back up to its normal level. Shocked, he shifted his gaze back and forth between the water and Fred. Finally, he bowed his head and began slowly spraying water from his trunk onto his back. Maybe Fred was not quite as dumb as he thought. And maybe he could share his resources. All right. So not much dialogue, but just a quote, right? So they had their dialogue lesson that I uh, introduced to you last week. But one of the things that I always point out to the kids is um, in the second to the bottom paragraph, I point out to them that it says Edgar's. Edgar sternly told him that was ridiculous. Um, and I tell him that the, them that when they use the word that, well, actually in that whole um, paragraph, let's the second, the bottom paragraph, It's the second sentence says, he mentioned that he thought the water replenished itself each day. Edgar sternly told him that was ridiculous. Um, so I tell them that they can use the word that instead of putting a quote in. Right, So we, say, we can say, and I give examples and I put them on the board, we can say, for example, um, Edgar uh, Fred mentioned, comma, quote, I thought the water replenished itself each day, period, quote. Um, or we can just say, he mentioned that he thought the water replenished itself each day. Stay in the same paragraph, no need to change. And then Edgar sternly told him that was ridiculous. We could say Edgar sternly spoke, comma, quote, How that is ridiculous. Period. Quote, you know. And then we have changing a paragraph. We have a lot more going on. We have a lot more for the reader to sift through. So in really, really short stories, you don't have as much dialogue, right? So yes, you put some in and um, but you don't put much in in a very, very short story. All right. We had some lessons last week that I went over. Let me see if I can remember what they were. We had protagonist. We had. Um, uh, set um, goals, obstacles, um, passive writing, um, dialogue, quotation use. All right. So we're going to pick up there with lesson E, story action. All right. says there are some elements that your story should contain contain. We will look at last week's example to see some of those elements. Stories are more than just an assortment of description, and this is where I feel like um, I did not understand about story writing. Like I mentioned last week, until my son, uh, my co-writer and uh, co-teacher for many years, who's now a nurse, so we don't uh, teach together, write together anymore. But um, uh, we—he still teaches me so much, just not in this area. And because we can always learn from our grown kids, right? Um, But he taught me how to destroy writing. And I didn't understand how you get students away from just an assortment of description, an assortment of description, right? How you get them from just saying, well, the elephant came, the elephant was there and he was just lounging in the pool. And then the next thing you knew, another elephant came up and the other elephant took out all the water. And then that made the first elephant mad. And then uh, the second elephant said he didn't know what he was doing you didn't know that the water wouldn't be replaced and then the third elephant got the first elephant got mad at him and left and the um next day they came he came back and the water was there all right so i just did that in five sentences or six sentences instead of six paragraphs right so i didn't know how to bring that out of students i didn't know how to teach that to students until um My son taught me how to teach it, so I'm gonna teach you today. So um, we use samples, and I mentioned again, it's another one of those tools that we give our students for their success. So we have our our elements of story writing, opening, inciting incident, progressive complications, climax, and resolution. All right, so I'm gonna walk through these with our Edgar story. So first of all, opening. And the way that you take a student from a six sentence, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, you take them from that into story writing is that you teach them to, you put each of these parts in for their story. Isn't that phenomenal? It can actually have a um, a prototype, a a template, so to speak, which I'm always all about the templates for the kids, right? Because, okay. You know, I love to help them succeed, right? I love to give them tools. I love to make them successful. So um, we first of all, start with opening, which should be calm. This is another thing like, you know, some kids and (laughs) probably me before I learned this, um, you know, they just dig right in and they just, everything's bad and everything's hyper and everything's all at the beginning. So we start with the opening, which needs to be calm. All right. And so a lot of times I just bring in movie examples, like, you know, does the very worst thing that's going to happen in a movie happen in the first five or 10 minutes? No, that's setting the stage for later. And usually something calm happens. Maybe something bad happens at first in the first little while, but it's calm at first and then it gets worse and then it gets worse. Right. And that is how you lead up in story writing. So, Uh, Most stories begin with an opening. This is when the author gives background and introduces the characters. And this is, again, I mentioned this last week, why we don't tack an opening on later and tack a closing on later when it comes to story writing. We do that with uh, informative and uh, essay and report report writing, but we don't do that with story writing. We want to blend it all in right from the beginning. So we can do that by giving them templates and writing space and outlining spaces and places to put their pieces, their elements together. So in the sample story, this is when it describes Edgar waking up, waiting, and splashing in the pool, and munching leaves. The opening is when you can give lots of details that help the reader feel like they are really in your world. It should not be very long, however, since nothing exciting really happens. So then, you know, we don't we all know movies that start out and we start watching this movie and we're just like, it's been 20 minutes and nothing has happened. I can't watch this movie, right? And, I t- and we talk about that in class. We want the opening to be calm, but it can't be too long because readers and movie watchers do not read a book or watch a movie for pages and pages or moments and moments of calm, right? All right, so then they go into the inciting incident. And this is where it's less calm and it's beginning to have action. The inciting incident is when the story really begins. It is when your character's world is turned upside down. In the sample story, this is when Edgar hears someone else eating in his enclosure. So it's less calm, but they haven't had an encounter yet, right? Progressive complications, fast, even less calm. This step is the biggest difference between a short story like the Edgar story in a 400-page novel. Long stories have lots and lots of complications while you will just have a few. This is an important step though. If Edgar just accepts that someone else is in his enclosure and continues eating, it isn't much of a story. The main character, the elephant, must face obstacles. In the story example, those complications are when Edgar discovers that the intruder is the elephant Fred and when Edgar realizes that Fred is also wasting his water. All right, and then we have the climax. This is the edge of the seat, no calmness, right? This is when, you know, in a movie you get clammy hands and, and you, or you grab the hand of the person next to you to hold hands during the scary part, right? Or you're on the edge of your seat and you forget that you even have popcorn in your lap, right? And I always like to relate it to movies because I feel like kids can really relate to these elements in a movie and how they respond to them. The climax is the last obstacle your main character will face. It is a moment, a moment of greatest danger. This is when Edgar, Edgar discovers the next morning that Fred has eaten more leaves. This moment should be more important and more dangerous than anything else that has gone on before. And then the resolution, calm again and a solution. This is the end of the story. In the sample story, it is only a couple of sentences in length. It is when, of course, Edgar decides that Fred might be good to have around after all. All right, so then they are going to put all of their um, elements into a note form uh, before they write outline their actual story. So the setting, they're going to list their setting for E1, the forest, the zoo, the plains what they'll include in their opening and how they're going to set the stage, what their inciting element will be, what the progressive complications that the main character will have, the climax, and then how the story will be resolved. So by deciding all of this ahead of time, then they can, when they outline here in just a few minutes, when I take you to the outlining phase, they will have these elements that they can plug in Right? So they don't just do that six sentence, then this, then happened, then this happened, then this happened. They will actually create a story instead You know, as they use this paragraph for the inciting incident. They use this paragraph for the climax. They use this paragraph for the resolution and they can have interaction with their characters and so forth. All right. Another element that we use in the very short story is the SSS-5. And that's lesson F, if you are following along on audio with your teacher's notebook, super short sentence of five words or fewer. So in the second paragraph, highlight the sentence, he heard something behind him. And the uh, SSS-5 is used in a lot of places throughout my books, right? We use it to give sentence variety We use it to give, um, so that you have like, you have sentence openers. Of course I teach sentence openers. I teach compounds, I teach compound complex. We teach all of the different types of sentences. And then in the midst of all of those longer sentences, those openers, those pauses, those dashes, all of the things that students learn how to do, then all of a sudden they have a little punchy, he heard something behind him. And that, gives a, a paragraph different sentence rhythm, right? It gives um, the reader like a really fast, like something's happening fast, does so many things. So I'm gonna go through Joshua's SSS 5 lesson here. Short sentences are probably the first type of sentences that you learn to write, uh, such as mat sat. <laughs> um, but just because you are in junior high or high school does not mean that you should not write with short sentences as well. As a matter of fact, the SSS-5 super short sentence of five words or fewer is in the checklist challenge uh, for uh, revising your essays, reports, and stories. All right. but. When it comes to story writing, we don't want students just, well, really when it comes to anything, but at first we let kids put their SSS 5 in anywhere. Then we teach them placement, right? So we don't want kids at this level to just put in SSS 5 anywhere. We want it to add drama to their story. So one way that they can do this is to use SSS 5 for emphasis. And you this lets it emphasize something that's really important. So You know, we tell them you don't highlight everything and you don't use capital letters for everything and you don't use all SSS5s or they will not be different they will not stand out. And Joshua uses example here of of 10 Skittles, nine are red, one is yellow. You put them on the table, the yellow one stands out. And if you have um, longer sentences and you have complex and you have compound and you have sentence openers, And you have all of the different types of sentences that I teach, then all of a sudden you have a little punchy SSS-5 and um, it will be different. It will stand out. It will give emphasis, All right? You can also use it for excitement and this is really going to help in story writing. Longer sentences take longer to read, right? They're good for details. I mean, I teach it till I'm you know, blue in the face all week long with my 50 writing students here locally. And it's really great for giving details, but an SSS-5 can be read really quickly. So it makes the reader feel like the action is speeding up. So when the excitement level rises, you want the sentences to get shorter. Right, so this is what I'm talking about when I refer to placement of SSS fives, okay? And then you can also do it as a change of pace, right? And I tell the kids, I do, you know, you have your sentences all in your paragraph, and you have da 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 laugh at me. So anyway, (laughs) but that is also forgiving a change of pace. All right. Um, We also have an adverb opener. I'm going to let you use this one on your own. Um, Adverb openers, all kinds of openers are really good in story writing because adverb openers, especially because you have action driven sentences in story writing. And adverbs often describe action, right? So adverb openers are outstanding. There's an adverb opener lesson there for you. Um, and then we're gonna move into researching, lesson eight. So we want uh, students to research for their story writing, right? All story writers research, right? If you've ever heard an interview with a story writer, they're like, well, I, inter- I researched for a year and then I wrote for a year. And you're like, wow, right? And so let me just read what Joshua has here. It says, instead of writing a generic report, you will be looking for information you can weave into your story. That is why you're going to be doing this research. Using facts is another way to keep your reader interested without slowing down your story. For example, if I were writing a story about Edgar the elephant and I wrote a sentence about his reaction to hearing someone eating leaves in his enclosure, I could say he turned and charged toward the direction of the sound. But with a little research, I learned that elephants trumpet when they are angry. Now, my sentence would read, with the trumpet of indignation, he turned and charged toward the direction of the sound. It is the same basic action, but with more real life detail. This allows the reader to both enjoy the plot of the story and also learn new things. So you want to know how your character acts. How does an elephant act? What unique abilities or characteristics? It uses its trunk to eat and spray water. It has large ears. What are those abilities and characteristics? How would an elephant most likely experience obstacles? Where would the scene you're describing most likely take place? All right, so that will be the research portion. And um, then we also have a lesson with structure sequencing words. Because story writing lends itself well, this is lesson I, lends itself well to sequencing. First this happened, then this happened, after that, ultimately, consequently. So I'm going to let you do this one on your own also, lesson I, showing off with structure. And you can see how sequencing words can be used. And then we have transition words and phrases boxes for you as well. So those, you can print those off. Put them on your language arts bulletin board, right? Enlarge those. They are a wealth of um, uh, transition words and phrases. Just fantastic for all types of writing. All right, now they are going to actually outline. So see, we've given them all the tools. And believe it or not, kids actually think this is really fun to, to do all of this because they're just filling up their story bank, right? With all of the... Um, benefits, all of the money, all of the tools that they're going to need to turn out an excellent story. So um, the goal, they're going to put their goal, they're going to put the setting, they're going to list their characters, they're going to go back and get their obstacles again, and they are going to be ready to write, to outline, okay, and we give them outlining spaces, all right, and with a note, Remember you may or may not use all of the outlining lines. When you use quoted dialogue, you'll change paragraphs each time a different speaker speaks. So be sure to indicate when a new speaker begins speaking. And they have outlining space there. And then after they outline, they will write. And then this particular lesson after the writing also has a checklist challenge in it. But I knew that I would run out of time to tell you everything about the story. So they will come over here and get their Um, sorry, they'll come back here and get their um, setting, uh, opening, inciting incident, progressive complications, climax and resolution, and they'll put those right here in their outlining lines and they'll add all the details that it takes to do that element of story writing and then they'll write and they'll be fantastic, and they'll be so happy and so excited. Now, you can obviously use the same space for something other than elephants. You could use it for any animal if you wanted to. And We do have other animal stories with more, um, like, generic, like, animal movements. I feel like I've done that, but I can't remember. Uh, With animal movements, with, oh, yeah, we did that in uh, episode two with the very short story of, um, um, well, I think that might have been, yeah, an animal getting away from another animal. Yeah, that was episode two. So then I had, you know, more generic animal movements, charts, and things like that, that are really helpful that you can get that from Mowgli Five, if you, um, or, and that's in episode two of How I Teach. Uh, if you do choose not to use elephants, then you could get more like animal names, animal movements, and that, that kind of thing from that particular project. So then they're going to write and then they're going to outline and then they're going to write and it's just going to be fantastic. And they're going to be proud and you're going to be proud. Um, My kids actually, um, I told them that they were going to get to read their final dialogue. Um, My junior high students are doing the dialogue actually that I taught last week um, in episode, not last week, but in episode 10, the dialogue story. And they're doing a dialogue between two inventors. And I told them that they could read it on the last day of class. And then somebody said, well, I'm gonna be not there that last day, I'm gonna be in testing, uh, uh, standardized testing. And so we had to move all the projects up so that all the uh, assignments up so that the reading of everybody's was on the next last day because uh, everybody wanted to hear everybody's projects. So, so much fun. It's so much fun teaching students with all the tools that they need with all the love, all the support, all the encouragement. And I know that the more I get into the teachers pay teachers world, so to speak, and put uh, digital products there, as well as um, on my blog, Language Arts Lady Blog in the Language Arts Lady Store, the more I'm just marveling, you know, how parents and teachers just how much we all want our kids to succeed and how exciting and amazing and wonderful it is to be able to do this with students. It's just so much fun. I uh, I just I love it. I just love being able to teach, teach, especially love teaching from my own books. It's just really a ton of fun for me. So anyway, back to the back matter, before we close here, you can get this week's episode, languageartsladyblog.com forward slash how I teach. You can get um, all of the episodes will be there and uh you can get the teacher's notebook for this week that goes with episode 12 for today um, or you can get the entire teacher's notebook all 12 episodes so far of outlines assignments so forth that go with each uh, episode at languageartsladyblog.com/teachersnotebook. forward slash teachers notebook don't forget about your freebies we have some freebie stories there for you um, free lessons just two-week lessons, just go get them and enjoy them and have fun. A lot of those I'm teaching from and how I teach. So that makes it really fun too, because you can hear it hear how to teach it and then go teach it. And then you can also purchase digital products at languageartsladystore.com and um, our one semester books, our uh, um, faith-based, character-based writing books, meaningful composition. They have a lot of creative writing in them. I would love, love, love to teach your kids. So um, yeah, if you're a homeschooler or you want somebody to teach writing to your kids after school, um, we, do have, we do have that sometimes there where they're kind of doubling up, especially for those kids who just really love writing. That happens a lot. Um, then we also have uh, opportunities to go online and teach co-ops. So you would have a moderator in your class. A teacher who moderates it, and then I would teach the lessons. So uh, that's another way to bring me into your co-ops. I'm looking forward to that this year. And then um, my husband and I both do one-on-one teaching as well. Hire a teacher online or live. Uh, my husband is a whiz at all things high school. So there you go. And uh, private tutoring as well. Thank you for joining me. It has been an absolute pleasure to bring you How I Teach, episode 12. Um the original short story with Dumbo. Thanks.